Welcome to the Eat, Slay, Live podcast. And we are the Loxicutioners. We're going to be eating lightning and talking thunder and donkey kicking you right in the ear holes today. I don't even have to bring up why you played that song because today we are getting into the pride fitness story. All about Todd today. Some like to call him the godfather of group fitness. I don't, but others do. I just <laughs> <laughs> Some, everyone, everyone. <laughs> everyone. Um, start off there. That's kind of the theme song of Pride Fitness. Um, so I, I like the, like the first song. Cheers. Cheers. I'll tell you what. So we we start every circuit down at my place, and we have since 2011. We've started it with that Shipping Up to Boston song. And I'll tell you what. That song, if I hear it any other time except at circuit, I turn it off because I'm so sick of hearing it. You know what I'm saying? But, you know, kind of with all that's going on right now in the world, and you and I aren't really getting into that, but with all that's going on and the gym's kind of shut down, I'm not going to lie, I kind of liked hearing that song. It got me... It got me pumped up a little bit. I, I had no idea you were starting with that song. Makes sense, though, but I'm feeling it. Yeah. <laughs> it yeah. got me going. I'm not nodding my head over there. Uh, I, I haven't heard it for a while. You, you, you play that around uh, people that go down to the Thunderdome, and they're like Pavlov and the dogs. They hear that, and they just they just start punching stuff and running. And <laughs> oh, So we're going to jump right into it today. Um, we all know Todd likes to talk. He can really go on on his story. So, you know, we had a little introduction last week. Not the case today. We're jumping right into this. So I'm going to start with a few You're things. Starting. I'm going to start off because there's just a few things that, I, that I've always kind of wondered about it. So when you were a kid, is this what you wanted to be? Is this what you wanted to do? Uh, you know, it's funny you say that because, uh, you know, because during this time and everything that's going on, I've had a lot of time to sort of... I'm a bit of a hoarder, so I've been, you know, cleaning my house and and things like that. Getting a rid of order all... of all things or just t-shirts, <laughs> all things. But I do have the greatest, uh, the world's greatest t-shirt collection. You know, Hands down. so I've, I've been getting rid of stuff and you know, throwing out all the dead bodies and things like that. And so I came across this thing because uh, mom's a hoarder too. So she gets when she does her cleaning, she sends all this old crap over to us. And so I found this thing. I think it was like from third or fourth grade from Campsville grade school. Shout out to the Cougars. They're all listening. Um, it, and it's a, it was a thing where, you know, a project where you had to write down what you wanted to be when you, when you grow up. Okay. And, and you know what I wanted to be? Well, I guess you did ask the question. So you... No, I don't. That's oh, well, you got, It looked like you were going to guess. Well, I, I, I want to guess. Okay, let's guess. Uh, let's, let's go three. Let's give you three guesses. I like, this is fun. Police officer. No. But if that would have been one, I would have hit that goal. <laughs> <laughs> Bodybuilder. Nope. Professional football player. No. I like I like where your guesses are though. I All wanted... of them had to do, you know, something with health because I think that's where you're gonna go with this. So I was trying to stay. Uh, well, I don't know if it really has to do, it's more has to do with unhealth than anything. But um, and I actually this is how I wrote it out. There's, I put, what do you want to be when you grow up? I put heavyweight champ of the world. Like I didn't put boxer. I didn't put you know. I want to be a WWF. I didn't put professional <laughs> boxer. I mean, I knew it was it was boxing, but heavyweight champ of the world. Man. 
had some uh, had some goals, right? You know, I think I would have put something like uh, I would have put NBA player. But yeah. I mean, and you, I didn't. You, ask, I didn't ask. I didn't, ask you. I, I wouldn't even put, ask you. And I wouldn't have put the greatest NBA player of all time, like you said, heavyweight champion. <laughs> right, heavyweight. So for how old were you? Uh, I can't remember. It was, it was third or fourth grade, third something fourth like grade. that. That's awesome. He- heavyweight champion heavyweight of the world. Champion of the world. <laughs> third grader who thinks right? of that. <laughs> right. And you know, the funny thing is I put heavyweight champ when I was like in school, I was always, I was sm- very small. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Um, it's kind know, of like a locks gene. Right. Just super skinny. And, and, and obviously I didn't get you guys' height. So I was, you know, very short. So, but heavyweight, I'm going straight to he- skipping flyweights, <laughs> skipping middleweight, welterweight. Not even a light heavyweight. I'm going straight to the heavyweight. Straight to the heavyweight. Yes. All yes. right, Rocky. Right. Um. So did did where did this come in? This whole training thing. Did you always want to be a trainer? I mean, obviously, even your goal at third grade, you want to be a heavyweight champion of the world. So you were into fitness, had, right? I'm assuming at a young age, right? And you know, and people have asked me that before, and. I always say, you know, no, I didn't want to be, or I didn't, I, I feel like I didn't know I wanted to be because, uh, you probably heard Ty talk about the, our other brother, Ty talk about this, you know, since we're quite a bit older than you, like I did things back, like when we were kids, I always would set up obstacle courses in our, in our backyard, which we had a really big backyard because we uh, lived on a farm and I would set up these giant obstacle courses like we'd stack up hay bales you have to run and jump over the hay bales and you have to pick up like this these uh buckets of water and carry them then we'd have like because you know we had like a wood stove and you have to take you know these chunks of wood and lift them over your head a certain amount of time so we we were i was always doing things like that either for like our cousins or just making time i could see you setting this up yes all the cousins come and doing it yes put you put the the buckets of water a little too heavy for all of them. They're, they're younger since, than me. Yeah. <laughs> since you're the older one, you could carry them faster. Right. And, and just things, I, I, I always did things like that, you know, just having other people doing things with, and I'm obviously doing it with them. Um, but yeah, so I didn't, I don't think I ever put it together that I could make a living at it or I wanted to do that or whatever. But looking back, I see all these, these, uh, you know, these examples of how it was pointing me in that, in that direction. And I'll, I'll give you one from my case, um, is you're, you're a bit older than me. So you, you know, you could always, I could look to you for advice. You gave it to me if I wanted it or not, but a good thing was you'd already went through everything I went through, you know, went through high school, college. So when I was younger and, you know, I'm in junior high and I start to really get in sports and you're telling me things like, Man, you know my my room was upstairs. Every time you go up these steps, you should sprint them. <laughs> I remember, you right? Jump right, over yes. two of them, you know things like that. So, you know, from a young age, I always saw you as this guy who was always really into working out. Mm-hmm. So, I just grew up that way. I just thought that's how you should be, right? You know, so it's kind of like I know you've our whole family from you down was inspired by you because you just kind of started the trend of this is what we do. So it just was the norm in our house, right? And you know what I posted, I put this on, um, posted this on the pride page not too long ago. I, a picture of me, I got my first weight set and I think it was at, talking to mom, my Sergeant Margaret. Um, I think I got him at, there's a sit picture a of me. a little bit more. <laughs> Did you see my posture? <laughs> uh, I got my first weight. There's a picture of me getting my first weight set. And of course I got sweatpants on, but no shirt. 
I'm already ready to hit those weights. And for Christmas, I got this weight set. I was, I think I was nine or 10 years old. The old DP weight set. They're plastic, but got the concrete in the inside of them. And those stuck around for a long time. A long time. (laughs) I mean, people were getting that concrete in their eyes for years to come, (laughs) you know? And I, and I can remember being in my bedroom, just trying different like bench press. I can, I, I couldn't tell you how many times I got stuck with the, uh, the bar on my, on my chest bench pressing in our bedroom. And you know, when you say that, uh, I remember Ty was a great basketball player. We, we uh, talked, yeah, we touched yeah. on that a little bit in our other podcast, but he was so skinny. He had that locks gene where he was just tiny and you know, his freshman, sophomore, even his junior year, he wasn't what he could have been. I mean, he's a great shooter, great passer, great, couldn't handle it, but he was so weak and skinny that, you know, he never got up to his potential. And then as he was going into his senior year, I started talking to him. Hey, you need to start hitting these weights, started lifting weights. And, and then like he, he kind of blew up he did. and I mean, he had stellar, you know, as we, as you know, stellar, uh, uh, senior year and went on to, you know, you know, be really good in college. And he was twice the size he had been just from starting to hit the weights and things. So, yeah. yeah. And then that, that trickles down to me. You know, I, I right. remember and you saw, right, you, thing. You, I saw what yes, happened to Ty. Exactly. Getting in the gym like that and how hard he worked that Exa- summer. It's exactly. Just, and, and, you know, he was closer to your age than I was. So he kind of more took you under his wing than I did. And he had learned about the weights for me. And so it was kind of on down, you know. Yeah. And, and then our brother, Sam, that a lot of people don't know, like he, he was, he had a gene where. He'd work out for one month and just blow up. <laughs> the rest of it work out for years. And and Sam would go into the weight room. He'd you know go in there, eat a pizza, drink a Budweiser, go in the gym for a, a month and just blow up. He's one of those dudes that he walks in the weight room. And he always he looks at a weight and he gets bigger. <laughs> Ex- he has that gene as in we <laughs> Ex- exactly we're maxing out as much food as we can. Oh right, <laughs> it's a struggle for us. Right. He has that. We don't, not the locks gene. I don't know where that one came from, yeah, but exactly. he has something different exactly. than us that he yeah. walks in the weight room and gets bigger. Yeah. Um, were, you talked, you touched on Ty a little bit being, a, you know, a great basketball player. Were you a great athlete? Uh, were you a stud coming up? Like you just said Ty was? <laughs> if you have to ask me, then you already know the answer. Well, okay. But, <laughs> but I, being we a younger so brother, you automatically. I, mean, I was in right. kindergarten or first yeah. grade when you graduate high school. Yeah. I don't. Yeah. Um, I, I was not a great athlete. I mean, I was a good at, I was very athletic. Like I, I told somebody, um, I'm probably the only person to letter in basketball at one high school and then letter in wrestling at a different high school. <laughs> Do you know what I'm saying? I, I was, I was never great at anything, but I was always good at everything. You know, I, um, and uh, you more than any of us, you know, me and Ty were basically basketball, but I mean, you played throughout high school. These are sports you played in high school. I know basketball football baseball wrestling did you run track i did <laughs> so, yeah your track, like, <laughs> i was never i was never great at any of it but i was never bad at it but you gotta be saying? you gotta be athletic to do every sport like that yeah i mean, I, mean I, I was very athletic just not a great athlete i don't even know if that makes sense you at know one pacific sport you weren't right and you know and I, I just athletic as you can you can go pick up a game right now and play about anything. Yeah, I, I worked really hard, and I think that's another thing that kind of pointed me in the uh, in the direction of fitness. I remember I remember my senior year. I mean, I had our football team wasn't very good, and I had a whatever okay year. And um, I remember at the uh, the what, football running back, running, running back, back, linebacker, what, 
whatever undersized very undersized <laughs> linebacker uh but i remember like at our our senior year, our sports banquet so i was a captain on the team and the reason i was a captain on the team like i said not because i was good because i never wist, missed one uh one off-season workout so he gave me he's like you know like this guy's and so i remember at the uh the sports banquet i got and who's uh, who's he? Who's your football uh, coach? Coach Rick Reinhart, Reinhart Hall of Fame coach. It was, he, that was his first his first year at Civic Memorial High School. Was my senior year. Okay. Okay. Man, yeah. I, he he was there all through when I was. Yeah. Yeah. And he's now he's, he's back. Been, yeah, he's won state champions. He's been all over, and he's in the yeah. Hall of Fame now. Um, but he he made up an award that year, and he gave me the uh, the uh, Attitude and Leadership Award. Oh. <laughs> I don't like that's what I did that's what I did when I got it that's what I did when I got it and he said some great things about me at the banquet and just you know how he talked about me never missing an off-season workout and all this stuff and I was like I was like man I want an MVP or the offense or MVP of the defense or something like that and I hated that award but now it, it, looking back like and he created it just just to give me and now I look back and I'm like I like it. I yeah, love it. I, you know what I'm saying? And I say, uh, because I was saying that as the high school athlete, I knew how what I you felt. Were uh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, I okay. drug my feet up to get the award. <laughs> <laughs> but now you look back at it, and he's like, no, yes. there really was a reason I got yeah. this award. He made one up. Right. It's because I freak, I deserved it. I was sitting there busting my butt. Right. You know? In my gym, if I gave somebody a uh, attitude and leadership award, it would be one of the best things I could give them. Yeah. Does that make sense? And I'm Absolutely. not bragging. It's just <laughs> but I'm just, you know, it's just an example of how I ended up going into training and, and, and fitness and, and things like that, you know. So let's, let's kind of jump ahead a little bit. So, you know, I went into teaching. Um, mm -hmm. and then went from there where, um, where, where did you begin? Where, where'd you start your, your um, workforce career at? Well, I, I went to Eastern Illinois university. Okay. Um, I graduated from there. Go Panthers. Go Panthers. You know, I had a, I ma a major in speech communication, uh, area of concentration. I think a minor in public relations. I had always kind of wanted to go into like, uh, sports broadcasting or being a DJ or something like Something like that. And as I've told you, I'm very proud of, I was the, uh, the Eastern Illinois women's volleyball public address announcer. <laughs> Until very the, highly touted job up there. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Very, very respected. <laughs> and th that was the... How did, how did you get that? Real quick. Let's just touch on it. How does that come about? Because of your, your degree? I, or? I was in a fraternity up there and uh, a guy in sort there... Of. Sort of. <laughs> okay, that's a different story. Um, so a, a guy in our in our house, he worked like in the athletic department and blah 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 blah. So he got he got. So he walks gig. in one day. Does anybody want to be the women's <laughs> soccer announcer? Uh, like, no, Man, it's, it's, it was it was volleyball. Oh, volleyball. My bad. And now <laughs> for your lady Panthers, a five nine senior from Effingham, Illinois, an outside hitter, Karn Sadler. See, look, still got it. Still, were got you it. that dramatic? <laughs> oh, I Did was. I brought, this is how long it goes, I brought a boom box with me, a little boom box, like a tape player boom box. And as I was announcing the lineups, I would play the Bulls 
theme song. That's back when Jordan. That was how does I don't know how that goes. You, you know what I'm talking. about. I know what you're talking about. But I would play the Bulls themes. I had the microphone right by my you mouth. Probably stole and, my Jock Jam CD. <laughs> took to school. Um, and I would put it by the boombox by the microphone. And as I was announcing their, as there, I was announcing the the lineup, I would play the Bulls theme song <laughs> over this boombox. Could you imagine the stellar sound system I'm that sure. was going on there in Lance Gym? <laughs> So yeah. graduate from Eastern. Graduate and, then, from, and I've had a plethora of jobs since then. You know, nothing. Well-rounded, we like to call. Yes, yes, just learning. Um, my growing. First, growing. My first job out of, out of, out of college, I was an uh, assistant sales manager at a tire company. Oh, right in the management. And assistant a, sales yeah, manager. Yeah, well, I mean, it might have been an inflated title. <laughs> <laughs> I put the ass in assistant. Um, I will tell you this, though. I will tell you this. If you, I learned a lot there because if you can sell tires to someone, you can sell anything. Buying tires is like one of the worst. The, the oh, only person, the only people that. You're yes. the only one that notices, oh, buying tires is terrible. Terrible. <laughs> and, you know, you make commission off of them. You only make commission if you, you sell the, the better ones. You know what I'm saying? The, yeah. the, the aqua tires or something. <laughs> and, and so, but everybody always comes, ah, just give me the cheapest ones. I'm getting rid of this car anyway. You know, and the only people who were pumped up about tires were like, with, were like rednecks coming in to put, uh, put, uh, big mutter tires on their hillbilly Cadillacs, you know, their jacked up trucks. So I learned, I, I learned a lot from, from there, just sales and talking to people from all different, like, backgrounds and things and i had a manager there name his name was gus Geevers. i still remember him and this dude he could sell ice to eskimos and i i'll tell it's you what i of how some people can do that i They're still just... i still remember things he said and things like that i used from him this is the the tire this the the manager of a tire store i still still i remember people come in there and they'd say Oh yeah, well they got them cheaper down at Walmart. I think I'm just gonna go down to Walmart and, and get some of those Continentals. And he'd be like, "Well, if you want to buy your tires, where you buy your underwear, that's fine with me." <laughs> like that's what he would say. And they'd be like, uh. <laughs> "And he'd say stuff like, well, I mean, you're, it's only your kids you're driving around on them, so this should be fine.'" <laughs> and, <laughs> and dude, I still take away lessons from that guy. That's good. Yeah, it, it, I'm telling you, man. I'm I'm telling you, Gus Geevers. Shout out to Gus Geevers. I don't know where that guy is, but I guarantee he's selling somebody <laughs> something they don't need right now. You know, and so yeah, I had a whole whole plethora of different jobs. You know, I was there. Uh, I worked as a district manager in the uh, in the circulation department for the Alton Telegraph. You know, also known as the Tell a Lie. Um, <laughs> which then I was I was in charge of like the paper boys for like a big circulation area. Again, learning lessons. And now I work with a lot of kids. I work with a lot of high school or middle schoolers and things like that. And just, you know, learning how to, it was a lot of scheduling and organizing and things. I learned a lot from that. Um, kind of skip ahead. I, I think I, I think when I left there, uh, became a police officer. I went to the Illinois state police Academy. How did that come about? How do you, <laughs> how do you go from the telegraph? Like, you know what? Okay, I'm I'm done hustling these papers. It's, it's time <laughs> to go arrest some criminals. <laughs> well, I it just seemed like a fit, you know. I was and I didn't mention this, and but, that's why I said police officer first. Right, I knew you were one. Right, you know, but it just to me it kind of fits you. 
Now, you knew I wasn't because I'd come into mom's house just spinning my gun around <laughs> like Doc Holliday. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I just applied for a, uh, I, I applied two places and I got offered a job at both of them. And so I ended up taking it in Alton. And I went Where to was the other place? Uh, Bethalto. Oh, really? Yeah. Shout out to Jason Lamb. Jason Lamb, if I would have taken that job, you wouldn't be the assistant chief here. <laughs> <laughs> Lamb just spit his coffee out right there. Yes. Assistant chief Lamb just spit his coffee out. So did you have a buddy that was a police officer? Is that how you got, you just... No, just seemed cool. Oh, okay. <laughs> just seemed cool. You know, I, I didn't mention this, but while I was in college, I had joined the Army National Guard. Yeah. So as soon as I graduated from high school, I immediately went to basic training and then on to AIT. And, you know, with a guy with my intelligence level, you what your job in the, the Army is infantry. So that was like, you know, the, the, the human sandbag. So I learned a lot from like different, you know, my physical training while I was at basic training things. I use a lot of the things that drill sergeants say today. You know, I'll be, always be like, hey. Wipe that face off your smile. You know what I'm saying? Things like I'll, I'll use I use things like that when I'm loudly motivating people down to Thunderdome. And what a smart move though when you're 18, 19 years old to go to the National Guard because they pay for your school. If so, you know, some young hustlers, entrepreneurs want to be right now like a way to get your school paid for. We should take we National should take a Guard. drink every time you say hustler or hustling. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, if there's any kids out there listening to this, which. I doubt probably yeah. not. If they're going Crickets. to the National Guard is such a great move. I got you know got four and a half years of college paid for. Never had a didn't have any uh, uh, debt when I got out. You know I worked full time over the summers, but I was actually away at school. Um, I didn't work, so it, you know I collected GI Bill and I, plus just the life lessons it teaches you and becoming a more disciplined person and just. We could, I could do a whole podcast on, yeah. you know, going how good the military is for you. But for me, financially, it was, it was awesome. Yeah. Yeah. So, so then you're a police officer. Mm -hmm. Um, and then the next step from there, you, it's just, it wasn't a great fit. Well, just let's leave the police officer. <laughs> <laughs> me, uh, me patrolling the streets of Alton <laughs> was just not a great fit. <laughs> and I did a few jobs after that. I, I worked, I, Worked on a casino, like surveillance with the cameras. Didn't know that. Yeah, surveillance. You know, you're up in a room with nothing but these, these, uh, you know, TV screens in front of you, just watching people. You know, I would like to tell you more about it, but I'm afraid that uh, some, I had one some mafia I had one king job will come to talk drag. about. You're at five now. <laughs> some <laughs> mafia king will come and drag me out of here if I tell you any more <laughs> about that surveillance job. And it, so, and I guess. The real start of my fitness thing is I, I uh, started working at the Simmons Simmons Law Firm as a legal investigator, and that was just kind of like a Aaron Brockovich type situation. You know, I travel around, build cases for the clients, and things like that. And that's how it came about where I got into the fitness. And and you're saying, well, how does that happen? Well, there was a one of the managing partners there, managing attorney Jeff Cooper. He had approached me about. Uh, he knew I was tra I trained in MMA in jiu-jitsu and you know boxing and just you know different martial arts and that's when the and when he approached me that's when martial arts was really making was really peaking yeah and he's like hey you know we should uh sponsor we should start a gym you know sponsor fighters and you know this is a big thing it's up and coming and i was like yeah and we talked about it we actually we actually talked about it at a gym or working out on our lunch hours 
So we kept floating ideas back and forth. And he's like, hey, do you, do you know Matt Hughes? And for him, Matt Hughes is the, uh, you know, the nine-time nine time. Nine time world champion. Say it with some respect. UFC Hall of Famer. Shout out to our, our buddy, Matt. Uh, he's like, do you know him? And I, you know, I didn't, but I was good friends with another one of our friends, Mark Fiore. Yep. Shout out to Mark Fiore. Shout I cannot to wait boy. to get Mark Fiore on this show. Uh, we're failures if we can't get Mark on. Oh, we're going to get him. <laughs> we will have to probably provide three cases of Coors Light. Um, but I, I knew, I knew Mark and Mark and and Hugh and Hughes were really good buddies, and they wrestled together in college. and And Mark had been cornering Hughes in I don't know how many of it, UFC you know fights. And so, me and Cooper and Fiore we had a little meeting, and then Fiore was flying out with Hughes and Robbie Lawler and some other guys to do to tape the Ultimate Fighter reality show. Uh, so your tough. first meeting was right before that show. Right before the show, just with me, Cooper, and Fury. Yeah. So anyway, but he was his head trainer. So I mean, he's yes. Going, yeah. Yes, he's out there on the show as one of one of Hughes's trainers. So me and Cooper, we fly out to Vegas and we meet these guys. At, I don't remember. Like the move out to Vegas. That's, hey, hey, I'm <laughs> I'm the hustler now. <laughs> <Yeah>. Drink, drink. <laughs> so yeah, we flew out to me and Cooper. Baller. We fly out to Vegas. I, we met him. At, I don't know. It was like the Mandalay Bay or something like that, and sit down and just we had, we had, you know had this big proposal about you know sponsoring fighters and somehow this this meeting over drinks turned into not just sponsoring fighters but starting a gym and it it just snowballed from from there and so long story short we started the gym in uh granite city illinois the hit squad um and this was a gym where uh you know it trained fighters it was basically a fight training gym and people could have regular memberships and so we built that and then i came up with the idea because it used it was on an old army base it had some really great aspects of it as in like you just said you could get memberships of it Mm -hmm. which as a regular member coming in you come in and after work at six o'clock to get your workout in which had an awesome gym i love that gym down there and i designed it thank you 10 feet away from you or UFC guys yeah. rolling on the mat. I mean, yeah, actually Matt going Hughes, at it, Robbie Lawler, hard ass you know, training going on, yes. and you get to kind of watch it through this fence. Yeah, while you're working out, yeah, you could uh, be sitting there doing your preacher curls, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> some curls for the girls watching these like these uh, world class fighters train. Yeah, um, and the interaction so, that ended up happening between the fighters and the just the regular. Um, yeah membership holders coming in was was cool it, it was, was cool yeah, to watch it was, it was, it was just a, a real uh, unique dynamic that that was set up down there it was awesome and then you know it was on an old army base and so they still had the barracks there so i had come up i don't know i was talking to like the head of the maintenance one time and and he was talking about those and and he's like saying that they were still like functional like the heat like they still had to keep them heated. So he took them over and showed them to me. So I came up with the idea after we'd been open for a while of turning those into like fighters dorms. So again, a long story short, we started offering that and we got people, and as you know, you, you worked for me down there. Uh, we got people from all over the world that would come in and train there. You know, we'd get guys from Australia, from Germany, from Wales, from France, you know, and, just, and plus just all over the country. All over the country. Yep. Yeah, and these were guys 
like you probably will never hear of them like making it to the UFC, but these were some of the baddest dudes on the planet. And all fighting though in all the other leagues around the organizations like right below UFC. Right. Right. And, and, you know, you're, we get guys from Ireland who are just like, hadn't really even trained in like the, like in MMA much and just come over and like, Oh Matt, who started the gym? I'm flying over. I can live there and train. And, they, and, uh, they would fly, you know, just bad, like thug type dudes that somehow scraped enough money together and, you know, would come over there and what they would, they would eventually, what they would do is I would help try to find them jobs. And as you know, people, they make permanent re- residency over there living in these dorms and i always found it really interesting that the people who weren't interested in actually fighting but coming over from wherever in the uh-huh. world right staying yeah, just, stay- oh, it's yeah. like they were taking a vacation. um took off work for three months to come here and train and just yeah live this lifestyle for right three months. right I mean, it's cool right but- <laughs> yeah and in uh as you know it was it was some of the like we didn't realize it some of the best times ever that place you can't you can't describe to people what that place was like no just like the just these tough dudes just walking around from all over the world living together training together going out on the town together <laughs> we have a great we have a great picture of uh, who is it there was some Matt Veach who made it to the UFC Brian Foster who made it to UFC uh, Cortez Coleman, shout out to Hollywood, Hollywood. the crazy, crazy cowboy made you see. And I, I think Mario Staple from Germany. We have a picture of them. They got pulled over by the cops in Granite City. And there's a picture of the four of them standing with the cops. Like they took a group. The cops like, oh, you're from the hit squad. And they all get a picture together. And and I remember talking to one of the police officers later. And he's like, he's like, we were more scared of them than they were of us. <laughs> Which was, that that was awesome. That. You know, I learned a lot from from doing that. You know, one, don't let the animals run the zoo. <laughs> <laughs> great lesson for anybody. Yeah, great lesson. But, you know, uh, talking about Mark Fiore, you know, he was the head trainer down there. And I was the general manager, you know, part founder of the place. And, uh, you know, they didn't really have any, like they had a jiu-jitsu coach. And, uh, you know, Kyle Watson, who now has his own gym over in St. Louis, premier jiu-jitsu school in the, around Watson's martial arts Maybe Kyle will be a sponsor. That was a great plug that for him. That was pretty good, man. Yeah. Yeah. Like that, Kyle? Uh, but they didn't, in the boxing coaches, but they didn't have anybody doing their strength and conditioning. And like we said, I've, I've been lifting weights and, you know, messing around with training people since I was, you know, nine, nine years old or younger. Yeah. And so, you know, and I... I started, I don't know, helping one of the young fighters or whatever. He had no idea. I mean, he's out there doing tricep press downs to try to become a better fighter. That isn't going to make you a better fighter, yeah. you know? So, uh, you know, I went out there and just kind of, Hey, need to be a body. No, listen, dude, those tricep press downs are not helping you. Okay. Those curls, not helping you. Those curls are great for holding trophies. They look good holding <laughs> trophies, those biceps, but those aren't making you a better fighter. So I kind of started helping him a little bit and then it kind of started catching on. And we, um, we, I mentioned that Cortez Coleman, crazy cowboy. He was the first one who like, you know, he was a pro fighter from Oklahoma who really got on, got on board with me and just, you know, yeah. he, and I, I started training him. I started training him full time and, you know, he started seeing him get better and better. And he's telling all these guys and they're, they're rolling with him on the mats and, and sparring with him. Like, Holy crap. How he's so much better than he's so much stronger than he was. He's so much more explosive than he was. And next thing I know, Fury's like, Hey, I want you to do their strength and conditioning. And you know, I'm a, I'm a book nerd and you know, 
studying strength and conditioning, you know, going to seminars, you know, watching videos. That's just what I did, you know, just for myself. I remember when you first started this and how engaged you were into learning about it. Right. You know, you were, you were into it. It's all I did. Yeah. All I did. It's kind of all I still do now. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so I, it wasn't part of my job description down there. You know, I was the general manager just running the day to day, you know, operations of it. But I, next thing you know, I just, I got a, like fighters are just lining up wanting me to train them. And I started helping. And then I started, and then I started helping just some of the non fighters down there, you know, and so it, it became a thing. And, you know, and so when I really kind of hit the, the pinnacle down there is there, there was a guy down, down there named Brian Foster. You remember Brian? Oh yeah. One of the most athletically gifted people I've ever seen. Just one of the best fighters. Maybe not a lot of people have heard of him because some kooky injuries happened to him that kind of derailed his he UFC was career. Be stud. Uh, champ. Just a tough ass yes, dude. Just so athletic. Yeah. Jump up on, you know, jump so, over anything. You're like, yes. Had a vertical out of this world. Yes. Just naturally really strong and gifted. And he would beat your face off. Beat your face right off. <laughs> so uh, he had his first UFC fight, and he lost his first fight. And then Fury's like, he's got to get stronger. You, you've got to start working with him. So uh, Brian, I think he first fight, I think he lost well, I could see Stewart. Brian probably, he relied on his natural strength. Yes. His whole I mean, life. Instead yes, of ex- taking yes. that explosive to the next level, yes. he's relied on. Didn't really lift weights. Yeah. He's probably out there doing the tricep press downs. <laughs> so anyway, you know, I think he, he lost, I think, to Rick's story. And then uh, for his next next fight, Fury, Fury sent him to me. And we just, you know, that's, he was kind of my, not my guinea pig, but we just started, we hit it hard three days a week. I had him on a routine and we were, we were, we were killing it. And he goes in his next fight and just, and destroys the guy. Just looks awesome. And, and, and talk to the listeners a little bit about what you're training these guys. As you saying, we're not doing, you know, curls for the girls. What do you, what do you right, well, on? Hey, what was, a, why, why were you better? Why, what made you I mean, we were, we're working on this explosiveness. We're working on things that it's going to make him uh, stronger for the specific sport he's playing. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. You know, when you see these guys just standing around doing curls and things like that, that's that's not helping your fight game or your 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 athletic career. It's Absolutely. making you great bodybuilders, making you look good. But as far as I hate to use the word functional because it's kind of a bad word in the uh, the fitness industry, but it's you know it's functional. It's it's things for you know that were specific to his sport. You know, we're doing one handed snatches. You know, we're deadlifting. We're, we're you know a lot of plyometric work and things like that. And so watching that first fight with him you i mean you could sit there and you could like yeah how much more explosive he was his yes and just and so it so you know he wins that second fight and then so brian's got a big ego all fighters do brian's is even a little bigger than he <laughs> you know brian if you're listening to this foster boy you know and and i got a little one myself he should have the wallet on there from pulp fiction that says <laughs> bad motherfucker on it that's what he should have. I'm sure he does. <laughs> so, you know, I got a little ego myself. And so after, you know, we, you know, they get his next fight lined up and then, I don't know, he missed a training session and it made me mad. And then, I don't know, we, we, him and I kind of started button heads a little bit. Okay. You know, he was late and I would just, fine, I'm not, and then, and then I would just, I wouldn't wait for him. I would just, nope, I'm not going to wait, you know, and then Fiori would try it. And so anyway, I, I didn't train him for his second fight. Or I'm sorry, his third fight, and he and he lost that fight. And I'm and all the stuff I'm saying, 
I'm not saying that I made him win or lose yeah. or whatever, but I'm just kind of saying how someone better. It could have been, you know, or it could have been me. <laughs> he loses that, and then Fury's like, "All right, after for his the next fight, you two shake hands, hug it out, whatever you have to do to make this work." So then I start training him again. He wins the next fight. So I mean, coincidence? <laughs> coincidence I think I not. No, I don't know. But anyway, it, what I'm trying to say, it just kind of built up my reputation with everybody down there. And you know, me and Brian, we made a lot of YouTube videos that got a lot of hits back then. And you know, with some cool, some of the cool stuff we were doing. I didn't know that. I'm gonna look those up. You look them up, bud. I will. <laughs> but yeah, and so I started, and then you know, I kind of down there the our, our big uh financial backer guy you know the attorney he was kind of saw the writing on the wall that he was possibly going to sell the place down there mm-hmm. and so i'm like you know what the crap am i gonna do <laughs> you know with with my intellect the only thing i could do is dig ditches yeah, you know i don't so, know if you want to talk about this because you don't like to talk about things like this but if i if i remember correctly you're working for them Mm-hmm. making decent money mm-hmm. uh, in, in their law office. And whenever they took you over and, and put you in this position as a general manager of the hit squad, they kept your salary. If the, if, basically, I don't know if they, if yes. Up or down it, a little bit, yes. but it was basically, I mean, you were getting paid as a full-time employee like you were working at the law. Office. Basically. I mean, basically, okay. Yeah. So then you start seeing, he sees the writing on the walls. He's going to sell. You start to hear it. Right. I mean, now you're... Th- what the crap am I going to do? Yeah. <laughs> you know? Because as a businessman, and that I can see it now, I'm not going to come in and buy that gym. What's the chances of that guy keeping you? Right. You know? Right, right. And it, anyway, he... So I see the writing on the wall, and I'm like, what am I going to do? What am I gonna, and, you know, Mark... Again, back to Mark Fiore. Shout out to that guy. Like, that guy's like, you can do this on your own. I'm like, where? He's like, it's your house in your garage. I'm like, ah, right, whatever. And he's and and no, Mark, I need a nice fancy gym and all this nice equipment. I I don't know how good of a MMA coach Mark Fiore is. I mean, I know he's good, but I don't know how good he is at that. But that dude can make you run, think you can run through a wall, <laughs> you know. Yeah. And that's what he did to me, telling me you can do. What do you mean? Get shut up. You can do this. You big, boop. you can do this. Okay, just do it. You know. And he and so. Once I saw the writing on the wall then, so I kind of started putting my, my game planning. And then I'd already put together, like, I didn't like, because I worked there, I didn't like working out down there at the hit squad. So I put together a little gym in my garage, just so, because when I was at work, I was at work. When I wanted to work out, I wanted to be at home and away from those hooligans down there. And so I already had a little, you know, a little garage gym. And so at that point I started like buying used equipment. Craigslist back in the day. <laughs> oh, back in the day. I was running all over. The, <laughs> that was before people over. were, I was all driving all over <laughs> to pick this stuff up, man. Going to some shady areas to get stuff. And, uh, and then I started, I even like at that point, like started thinking of name, you know, trying to like, I'm going to name it, you know, I, so at this time when you're thinking about names, were you had you already left the hit squad or were you still there? I was still there. So, I was still there. But so now you're starting to get your yes. side hustle. I'm like I, hustle, drink, hustle. <laughs> <laughs> I started to get my side hustle. Yeah. So I started, there's actually a, we're talking about names. There's a, uh, I have a screenshot from an old iPad and this was a couple months before I left the hit squad and started uh, pride. I have a screenshot from my old iPad it was, and it's the top of its dated. It's February 14th, 2011. 
at like 8 p.m. So you're you're at home by yourself. That's Valentine's Day, Todd. <laughs> Coming out with names for a garage gym. Yes. <laughs> All Valentine's by yourself. Day. Happy Valentine's Day to me. I'm sitting on my couch trying to think up names for this company that doesn't exist hey, to put in my garage. Hustlers don't need chicks. Drink. <laughs> Hustler. Yeah. But you know, and it's, it's fun to look back at those names. Like and names. Let's let's hear some. Give the listeners uh, what they want. I, man, I wish I'd have brought it with me. Man, you know some of those names. I do. One, on. like we did the hit squad down there. So it was like Hughes intensive training squad. So I was trying to play off that. So I, one, one thing I had was like lift squad, locks, intensive, and functional training Ooh. squad. You like that? Oh, I do like that. And no, dude, there was some really, I mean, it's ridiculous. Come on, give that, us another one. Uh, Come on. Like, one was like athletic asylum asylum <laughs> but you know but then i and as you could see as i was going down i put asterisks by certain ones and as you could see like as i started to get to like come up with pride i was like you i don't know i just look back on it now kind of with for lack of better words with pride because like i could tell i had long-term goals but i believed in it because i put like pride institute pride academy pride, things that you wouldn't associate with it. i couldn't say like the pride garage because I think I knew I was going to be out of it. A bit. Yeah. I, 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 I kind of like tiptoed into it. But once I knew I was doing it, I was like, all right, all aboard, you know, yeah. all aboard the crazy train yeah. <laughs> to the pride asylum. <laughs> you really know that you're serious about something. Cause I did the same thing. I mm -hmm. used to call you. Hey, what about this name? Uh, the, hey, yes. I came up, I came up with this many names yes. today. What do you think about this? And it, it's so stressful to come up with a name. It really that is. You got, hang on the side yes. of your building. Um, and I remember me and you going back and forth in my situation oh, man. about yeah. will we put locks on it? Yeah, hurt us or help us? <laughs> and you and, and and it started going towards. I remember correctly. You were like, I don't know. Like yeah. you were more on like I don't yeah. know if I do that. <laughs> and and I and I'm so glad I did. I'm but so glad. And this is off the the pride subject, but I'm so glad you just because leaving a legacy not only like for our family name, but for your daughters and things like that. You yeah, know? Uh, yeah. But and, and also just. Leaving your mark in the community a right. little bit, you know, right. um, like just say Kleins. Right. Know? I mean, yes, it's, it's everybody something is. like that. Yeah. But I, you know, I'll, I'll tell you one. I thought I was locked and loaded on the station. I remember that. And, I, and, and, and it was going to be, what was it? Sta station 22. We we're always going to incorporate 22, which was our family right. number. I remember that. I was locked and loaded yeah. on it. And then somebody had stopped in one day up here. Like we were weeks away from opening and I, mm -hmm. I was there and I remember somebody just started telling me about how the brick, how it used to be a brickyard out there. And man, then that locks brick house just hit and it's like, you know it. Right. You know, that's and I'm exactly sure that's how you were with pride. It was. And you know what? And people always ask, where did pride come from? Well, there was an old, cause I was so into fighting back then, you know, um, you know, being into fighting. One thing it was I kind of reverting back is like there was an old uh, thing called the Pride Fighting Championship. Yeah. And that was kind of a rival to the UFC. And it was over in Japan. And it was almost like a no, it was even less rules than they had in the UFC. You know? And they're in a, they did a boxing ring. They did a boxing yeah, ring. And the was, dudes were all juiced up. <laughs> juiced and, up. <laughs> but it was called the Pride Fighting Championship. And I loved that. Yeah. I loved that that name. And that, that's how Pride, like the, I got the name. So anyway, so when I knew the writing was on the wall down there, I went out and bought like, some pride fighting championship shirts that said pride just said pride on the front 
and I would make these, I'd made some YouTube videos with me wearing pride on the front just to try to like, <laughs> I was branding before there was anything to brand. And you come in today wearing, I, what are you wearing today? today? Well, actually, it's funny that we're doing this today because my, I don't know the exact date that pride started. I think it was end of March, beginning of April of 2011. So this is really like our nine year anniversary right now. And I'm wearing nine pride, years. I'm wearing a pride fitness shirt. The first one I ever made. I made this when I was in Chicago at this place on Clark where you can just have a shirt made in an hour. And so I had pride fitness put on the front of this shirt just so I could put, have it in videos. <laughs> <laughs> one shirt made, not giving them out to anybody. One I don't shirt. know if I'm a genius or an idiot. I, I haven't, haven't, haven't decided. Yet. And then during that time, um, our friend, Tim Nelson, RIP Tim Nelson, Nellie Strong. Love you, Nellie. Love you, Nellie. Uh, he got the head football coach coaching job at Marquette Catholic. This and all so, happened at the same time. Yeah, as I was sort of leaving down there, and you know, he had that. So he started he started sending me two of his uh, two of his players down there. And so I'm bringing them down, and uh, Dalton Hom, Derek Sterrett, shout out to them. Bring them down to the, the hit squad. He would send them. Okay. He would send them so down there, and okay. yeah. And I was just doing some different training with them. They were that was before like people were really flipping tires, and so I had them flipping tires, and I had them outside pushing cars, and just doing, you know, a lot of like unconventional stuff like that they had never done. And so, and those two went on to have great high school careers. Derek went on to play four years of college, was just a stud. So th that was, again, I was just sort of kind of building up my res resume and my credibility to, to, you know, do this, do this on my own. Also during that time, uh, the attorney I worked for when I was at the Simmons law firm, uh, they were doing a big, like one of those weight loss challenges at the law firm. Yeah. And this is a big law firm. There's, I don't know, two, three, four hundred people there. So they were doing a big one of those transformation things. And so I, this is why I'm still at the Hit Squad. I would go to his house in the mornings at like five thirty in the morning, and I would train him in his in his basement garage. I'm sorry, in his basement of his house. Basement gym. Yes, oh, yeah. and he had a set of adjustable, just a set of adjustable dumbbells. We had some bands, and I creative and well. When I was thinking about I was doing this with pride, I knew that the garage was going to be a thing, but I thought I would do a lot of mobile training. So I bought this like a Rubbermaid tub and I hooked this little like, I don't know, like a little, it was almost like a luggage roller, you know, you take <laughs> yeah. to the airport and I would put stuff in that. And then I had a bench that had a handle on it, folded up and had a handle on it. So I would come strolling into his house with this, <laughs> pulling this luggage looking thing and carrying a bench. And long story short, he won the, uh, that challenge or whatever. I think Coincidence? I, got, I think, I think not. not. <laughs> I think I got like a plane, like two plane tickets out of it too. He, he gave me whatever prize he got or whatever. So yeah, he went and that kind of just gave me some more credibility or whatever. Um, so you know, they end up selling the hit squad gets sold to kind of our biggest rival. Wasn't a big fan of shout out to not giving no, the name. No. no. And, uh, they made me an offer to stay. <laughs> it was like, like, I don't know if one, they're really cheap or two, like they, we don't want like, you to get stay. the F out of here offer. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, so I left, you know, and I, and, uh, did you when they when they gave you that offer? Did you go? Sorry, guys, 
I'm done. Or did you ponder? Did you give them the, like, oh, I'm going to act like I'm thinking about this? How'd that go? No, I, dude, I just, I left and just, they called me and kept calling me. Hey, where? Like, nope, I was gone. He gone. <laughs> no, no, they're calling you. I gave them you. no answer. I mean, come on, man. <laughs> Disrespect me like that. Right. They, but then they were calling like, Hey, like I had some voicemails. So I, I don't know if they were just, I don't know what the deal was, but I was Maybe gone. Maybe they're going to up your, up the offer. <laughs> Maybe. I don't think so. <laughs> I was, anyway, I was long gone. And so a lot of the fighters from down there, they would come to my garage and do train with me. Yeah. Um, so were, were you when they came? Were, were you charging them? Because now it's a new I was di- not. Now it's a new dynamic. No, I, you were I, on salary. I wasn't. Kind of I wasn't made that part of your job, and now right. you're letting them come in and you're training them. For but free. I was right. I was training them for free. I was because I was making. I was making sure I'm making videos. They're putting pictures up. You know, saying kind of get your branding did, going. Yeah, and, just yeah. kind of mark. You know, marketing yeah. or whatever. And good experience. You're learning as it, as you go with. It's what funny works, as what doesn't is is you and I. We knew we were going to do this today. I was thinking about like the first day, like I'm, I'm gone from there and I kind of took a week. I took a week off just to get my pride fitness page set up and do things like that. And I can remember the first Monday and I got fury in my ear. You can do that. You can freaking do anything. You're going to kill them. I remember standing in my garage, my, my newly wood paneled garage, like standing going, okay, now how do I do it? He had me all pumped that I could run through a brick wall. And then all of a sudden that Monday morning, I'm just standing in my empty garage going, how do I make this happen? I'm at work. I'm at work. Nobody's here. Where are they at? (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah. uh, And that's... That's kind of how we got started, and I started doing... Back to your Facebook page? Mm-hmm. I, I don't know if you know this at all. There's a way to even look. Mm-hmm. I was the first person to ever check in Pride Fitness. I think, and I was I, I think I was the first one to check in at the Brick House. Were you? I didn't I'm know that I'm pretty sure. Lunch, remember that. I put up the Pride... You you made a meal called the Pride Fitness, yep. which is healthy. Come and get it at the Brick House anytime. 377 <laughs> I won't use my joke about the voicemail being full again. Uh, but yeah, uh, I think I did the first check-in at the Brick House. I remember putting a picture up of my my meal and, and that. It was that Thursday for lunch. That boy. And you did a first check-in. Look at that. Look mm-hmm. at us. You like that, Ty? <laughs> Our brother, Ty. Um, so yeah, so uh, you know, I started training them and then I kind of acquired some some personal training clients, which it's not easy to get, especially women, to come to your garage gym to do personal one-on-one training. And I feel like people are picturing like a really nice garage, you know, it's it's not, it is not. Think of the old wood panel from your grandma's house when you were five. Yes. (laughs) Well, our stepdad, he remodeled an old, uh, super school superintendent's office. And he tore that paneling out of that office and gave it to me. And I hired a Mexican handyman to come in and put that paneling up in my, because my garage was just two by fours. Yeah. So I hired this, this handyman to come in and put that, insulate it and put that, the, uh, the paneling up. <laughs> yeah. So. Way to recycle. I'm proud of you. <laughs> I know you are. Recycling warrior. And so, yeah, trying to get people to come there. Hey, you know, I'm doing personal training. Oh, where's this at? It's in my uh, backyard in my garage over in East Alton, Illinois. <laughs> It's a two-car garage, though, people. Oh, well, yes. Not, De- not, detached from the house. Detached from the house, yes. Not an easy sell. Not an easy sell. Um, creative. Yeah, so, and then, you know, and going back to, to our boy, 
Nelly, shout out to Nelly. Love you, Nelly. Uh, he started having me come up to Marquette and I remember that I would go to their weight room three days a week and do their training in their weight room for the, I would, their strength and conditioning coach basically. And skipping forward, that team ended up going to the lead eight in the state finals. So great results. Is it a coincidence? Nah, nah, I don't nah. think so, man. This is getting too many. <laughs> yeah, so I was doing things like that, and then I got a couple, you know, couple personal training clients, you know, and I would always put up pictures and videos. When when I started, when I was starting Pride, like I like I had like I didn't have a lot of money, but I had this. I I put together like this uh, this marketing budget, you know, I had this business plan and all this stuff. I was going to spend money to do the advertising and blah 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 and. I put this money aside to do this and I bought 500 business cards off. What is that? Vista prints or something. Yeah. And I, I didn't spend any other money on average. I mean, it was just, you know, saying just nowadays, Facebook, you have Facebook and social media. It's like, this is one of the greatest times in history to start a business because you, you have free marketing. Free. So I just started putting up videos constantly of people doing things, you know? Yeah. And then, you know, our, our world famous circuit. So one day, just me and a couple couple friends. I wasn't charging them either. This is where the Godfather comes this into play. Godfather <laughs> yeah. of group fitness. Yes. Yeah, so, so we start one day like, hey, let's let's do a workout on Saturday Saturday mornings. Why don't you come up with something? We'll do it in your yard because I have a pretty big yard. I was living in Beardstown. Yeah. So some, you called me. Well, this is before you. This, yeah. Yeah. You're, yeah. You are okay. right. You yes. are right. This I remember before you. coming down. You me, guys had already done it. My good friend Carrie Allen. And John Fuller, we started doing a workout out in the yard. We'd like a circuit workout. We'd flip tires. I had, you know, battling ropes. We did all this. And I, I don't think I'd put up any videos of that. Somehow maybe I just started telling you guys about it or yeah, something. You called me one day. Uh -huh. I didn't I don't even think I knew. Yeah, you were you like an hour and a half away yeah. from here, yeah. And you're like, hey, I'm, we just started that. We've done a few of these, blah, blah, small group. Mm. I want to try to get more people to see if I can make it work. And so I called a couple of buddies. You know, I think Pete Dugan, Dugan and I yeah, remember coming. Yeah. I don't remember everybody else, but there, I don't know. It wasn't even 10 of us, was there? Nine. It was nine. There was nine is that we were trying to That's get. right. I recruited people so I could put up some pictures and videos. Yep. It was me and you, uh, Pete Dugan, Kevin Hendricks, Justin Brown, uh, Carrie and John. I don't know. Stevens? No, he no. wasn't a part of it. But anyway, we, yeah, we put up some, some videos of, of that and, uh, you know, it just, kind of took off yeah and i remember we had like three people at first and then you guys did it was like nine i don't had 10 stations and then yeah. the next time we had 10 and then i can remember someone saying like i was adding up everybody who was coming the next said they were coming next time and it was like 12 i'm like what am i gonna do i don't have 10 stations <laughs> this is skipping ahead i'm not you not, gotta create another station i mean now we we have over a hundred and some people that do this workout but back then like 12 was scary to me <laughs> you know and so you know what i did back then is like i would take like i i see people who try to do pers like start personal fitness businesses and things like that now they, they do too much of showing videos of themselves doing stuff and themselves being ripped you know, instead of showing what they're making other people. I, can, yeah. I remember, shout out to Darla Brown. Uh, Darla Brown was like one of my one of my beginning first uh, fitness uh, personal training clients. Okay. And I can remember putting up a video of her like swinging a sledgehammer. 
Okay, Darla Brown is like she grew up Pentecostal, always wore the long skirt. She's in the she's in the church choir. This she's not the person you think is going to be out there swinging a sledgehammer, hitting a tire. But you know the people see, hey, Darla can do that, and Darla good doing it, and people are like Darla can do that, I can do, it. and that's that's how it just kind of started growing. Is yeah. you know I would show people, you know maybe not your world class athletes doing these you know these world class sort of training exercises just normal regular people doing it and, and that's how it started that's how it started growing so how long were you in the garage and the yard two and a half years two wow. and a half and you know I, I didn't have like a lot of money to put into this then you yeah. know so i would make my own equipment and one thing that was uh, we didn't touch on is when we were a little kid at our grandma's house there was a barbell that our dad made when he was a little kid. So at this point, this barbell is 60 some years old because dad's in his seventies. And I would always, and it had, it was just like, it was only like three or four feet long. And on the end of it, it has two, and I, two rusty coffee cans on each one, each end filled with concrete. And I can remember going there and like, as we were really little, we uh, try to pick it up. And that was our goal. And then as you got a little older, it would be like to try to get it up to your chest. And then as you got a little older, it'd be like, you know, another year it'd be like, putting it up over your head. And then I can remember as I got all the curl in that stand, it look how strong I am. <laughs> you know, that still sits on my desk. Heavyweight champion of the world. Here I come. <laughs> so that, that still sits on my desk down at the Thunderdome these yeah. days, that, that homemade bar, but no, most people don't know what it is, but my, our dad made that 60 some years ago. And I, awesome. actually that my our grandmother died and they started renting the house out for years and then the house burned down. And so dad and I went there I don't know, right as I was starting Pride, right before, you know, eight, nine, ten years ago. And and uh, we were just kind of looking around at the, the, the old, one of the old sheds. And I went in the old shed, and there was that barbell. The, the house had been burned down for like a year, and Grandma hadn't been alive for, I don't know, 15 years or so. But that yeah. barbell was still in, and, I, and that's why it sits on my, it sits. And so it, the point of the story was, I didn't have a lot of money when I first started Pride, so I would start making equipment. You know, you remember the crap we used out there. Oh, yeah. Well, I would, I would go to Goodwill, and I would buy old basketballs, okay? And I would make a hole in them, fill them with sand, put a little caulk on them, duct tape it, boom, medicine ball. <laughs> medicine remember, ball. One, one of the exercises we do out there was, always involved, two, there was two rocks. Remember that? We'd yeah. throw the rock, <laughs> squat the rock, whatever. That was just a rock that was in my landscaping that we would use. <laughs> we, uh, we would... Uh, those remember the battling ropes those battling ropes, battling ropes the those kegs. those battling ropes came those were i didn't buy those from rogue fitness for two hundred dollars <laughs> uh a guy who were one of our dad's friends who worked on a barge line gave me those that's why they were so heavy you know what i'm saying those they were they were the big giants uh barge ropes that we used yeah and so i would i just you know i didn't like i said didn't have a lot of money so we would just improvise and just I would make the equipment. I start made a slosh pipe. That was where I take a big PVC pipe, fill it halfway with water, you know, cap the ends, and you'd have to carry it around as it would move around. Remember that? Where did the uh, where did the big the uh, like tarf turf tar turf sorry turf uh, so because that thing was huge. Yeah, I mean, so we had this giant roll of turf in my sat in my backyard. That thing sat there for. Like eight, I don't know, six months. That was kind of when I knew I was, the writing was on all, I was leaving the hit squad. So a guy down there on, by the gym 
on that old army base. There was this old roll of turf sitting out there. And I asked him, I'm like, hey, what is it? He's like, if you want it, you can have it. You, I, he goes, I'll load it. You know, had because it weighed like two or three thousand pounds. He's sure. like, I'll load it for you, but you have to bring somebody to the trailer. So I got my uh, old buddy Bob Kunkel. Shout out to Bob Kunkel. Bob Kunkel brought a trailer down. So him and I, we drive it to my yard, and we get there. How are we going to get this off? Because it weighed two or three thousand pounds. You couldn't. You couldn't get 20, 20 guys to roll it off. Yeah. So we pulled. We backed up to a tree in my backyard, and it had a big metal pipe that went through the middle of the turf. We hooked like my truck strap around one end, put it around the tree, around, and then put it on that pipe. And then Bob just drove off, and it dropped right in my backyard. <laughs> That thing sat there for three years in the back. Of, but yeah, that was one of the stations. One of the stations during circuit was you'd have to run and either jump over it or climb over it or whatever you could do to get over that turf. And now that roll of turf is down at the Thunderdome. Oh, it made it down there. Yeah. Sat in my yard for three years and we used it to run and jump over it because it wasn't rolled out. It was just that big roll of turf. Yeah. And then uh, when it came time to move into the Thunderdome, Got the Lawrence boys to uh, <laughs> their excavating <laughs> business to move it down there for me. Nice. So yeah, that's that's all we you know how it was. We just made equipment. We we I got old empty kegs and we'd throw those and just uh, I took for a like a sled. I took an old wheelbarrow and uh, took the wheels and handles off of it, attached a rope, and you I put cinder blocks and you'd pull the rope and pull it to you like a sled pull. Do you remember those kind of, yeah, all those days? I remember those. Yeah. So then your 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 next step. How, how does it start to get in, or how does your clientele get big enough where you th feel confident about taking the next step and going to look into buying or renting? Yeah, we you know we did the circuit on Saturdays and it just kept growing and growing. And what did it get to in the yard? One time I had 57 people in my yard that was on most. a Saturday morning. Yeah. <laughs> Your neighbors are like, what the? What? You know, they were all cool about it. Yeah. And so, yeah, Your we got cars and, parked all the way around. I remember everywhere. Like, <laughs> there was no parking. My yeah. driveway was small. And, um, you know, and so I, I was looking, I was there for a year and a half and I was looking probably for a year, but I just could not find the right place, you know? So, I mean, I finally did after two and a half years, like, and you know, some clients of mine actually had it and rented it to me, gave me a great deal, which was... It took you know, a year to find your place. At least, yeah, wow. at least a year. I looked all over. I couldn't tell you how many places. Yeah. Um. You know, and... But, you know, there was a lot of growing pains, like, with that circuit. I remember not too long... No, this... A while ago, I posted something on 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 pride this kid who had just graduated from college he was wanting to get in the personal training business and he was struggling trying to get started and he's like you know you're lucky you just got this big following you know you had this circuit and a hundred people show up and it was all i could do first not to smack him in the mouth <laughs> okay but like the early days of that circuit dude we would do it outside so we would only cancel if if it rained um, if it rained or if it was icy, it didn't matter the temperature. Like I remember being out there, it'd be 11 degrees and I'd be standing out there on a Saturday morning at, you know, eight fifteen. like, I just hope enough people show up so I can pay for my breakfast afterwards, you know, and there'd be like six of us and we, you know, I'm charging five bucks ahead. I just still charging five bucks, correct? Yeah. And so we would, you know, or it would be a hundred degrees outside, you know, and just hoping 
people would show up, you know, I'd, or if it would rain, it was like, oh, do I cancel? Do I not cancel? What do I do? I mean, if I canceled, there goes my income for this Saturday morning. Yeah. You know, and so it was, man, it was, there was a lot of a growing pain, growing pain. It wasn't. You're it, so lucky. You just so, <laughs> open up the door and a hundred people are here. Yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> he, did, he didn't see those, you know, those days out in the, you know, dusty freaking yard, you know, doing that stuff. We, we'd do it in the snow. There might've been yeah. four people that showed up, but we'd still do it. You know, and I, cause I knew consistency was the key, Absolutely. which people don't, people, you know, you see people cancel things all the time. You don't want to cancel. And I knew consistency was the key. You know, and, you know, I was blessed with so many different things. Like, you know, I, I remember this quick example. I looked at a building. I looked at it several times. And I kept thinking, okay, I think I'm going to do it. I think I'm going to do it. You know, and Civic Memorial was selling all their weight equipment. And they were getting a new weight room and they were selling it all. And they were taking bids on it. Everything from the Iron Shed. Yes, right? from the old, uh, shout yeah. out to the Iron Shed. They were selling everything from that and it was going had to be, you know, like a public auction or whatever they, they announced it. And so I, you know, made a bid on it. <laughs> like, and I right now, know where to begin right now, thinking about what I bid on it was like, doesn't seem like that's didn't seem like much, but back then I'm like, this is insane. I can't believe, you know, because yeah. I didn't have, you know what I'm saying? A lot of money then and, and I'm investing in this. I don't even know where, I don't even have a building to put this stuff in. <laughs> okay. So I remember putting that bid in and like sweating as I was doing it. So I, the person who was rent, trying to rent this building from me was like, Hey, you, you, I've got some other people you gotta, you know, I got, I, and so I didn't want to tell them I would take the building if I didn't get this bid from this the the equipment at the high school makes sense so i remember i so i got the bid i wanted so happy i call up the guy i'm like hey i you know i can move in i got the equipment like, oh, i rented it yesterday no. sorry <laughs> so i have a gym full of equipment and no building so but but you know what saying and we and not to get all cooking but you know i'm religious i'm a christian and i feel like I feel like God was like, nope, that's not the place for you. You know what I'm saying? We, yeah. got, we got bigger things coming, dumbass. All right, just hold on, <laughs> hold on. So what did you do with the equipment in the time being? Well, I kept putting off the school. Like, okay, I'm going to get a little. They kept, come and get this. You got to come and get this. You got to come and get this. And I just kept putting them off and put. <laughs> Steve Carey, you know, shout out to old Steve Carey. That, oh, he was getting so <laughs> mad at me. I just kept putting them off and, and, and putting them off. Damn and locks. That, getting that equipment, you know. Um, but I knew I had nowhere nowhere to put it, and then yeah. you know this you know the the Thunderdome that we're in now, you know came about, and so get once we had to move all that equipment, I had to just the the pride people rallied rallied and uh, moved it all down there, and you know from an outsider with another business, the, the one thing I really really admire about your business and the way it's ran is like you said the rallying like it's a it's the culture of that place is unbelievable there's no other gym in the world in my opinion that has that culture right you know it's, it's yeah, unbelievable it's, how those it, people come it, together. It, you know we started with a great core of people at the beginning people always like give me credit all the time like oh you know what you like, listen no I ended up with some good people who were with me when I started, you know, your, you know, your Justin Browns and your Carrie Allens and Leslie Collins and those people like that. And who 
they were just a great core of people who were yeah. always willing to jump in and help and promote and do things like that. And that's, and it's just grown, you and, know, and we don't have your, we don't have your jerk offs. It's that they we, were there from the beginning. They had a lot of, I mean, not, yes, they had a lot of pride in, in yes, their place. Yes. Yes. Exactly. And, and, and they were invested it. in it. And, yes. Yeah. Yes. Um, and so, you know, with this whole Rona thing going on right now, you know, I, I mean, this is bad for me being a mom and pop, gym closed down and one one thing but one thing i can see this being good for someone like me is like our members aren't we don't have members but people come down to the thunderdome they i started lending out equipment hey here's some equipment here i'll send you workouts i'll send you you know go to your big box gym and, and try to get them to give you some equipment they would laugh at your face and that's you know what i'm saying because we've built such a core group a tribe a a family in that you know what i'm saying you want some equipment here we'll let you borrow some bring it back when we're done blah 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 and so now that you have this you know i, I mean the thunder the thunderdome the big thunder warehouse i mean how how big is it it's ten thousand square feet it's massive yeah. yes so we've we've touched on you started you know you really started with personal training mm-hmm. then the uh the circuit really took off and that's where you know kind of your bread and butter now is right so then you've touched on the athletes a little bit are you still doing all that what goes on at the thunder dome on a daily basis really yeah i mean obviously we still have the circuits and they average we do it three times a week and they average over a hundred people per circuit which is insanity that's insane (laughs) you know if if we have like if we have like 85 people show up to a circuit like oh not where's everybody at tonight? And <laughs> thinking back when there was four people, it's like when it's, twelve <laughs> gave you anxiety. Yes. So you start off Saturdays just on those, then it went to what? Went to Tuesdays. I strung some lights through my yard, like you know those outdoor, like they're like they're so like you're still at you still at the yard yes. when you went to Tuesday, Tuesday nights. Tuesday, we were doing, doing evenings. Tuesday nights, I was like, nice. and I took from my trees, I strung some outdoor lights that someone gave me, <laughs> and and strung them through the trees. Or whatever, and that's how we would do it on Tuesday nights. Nice, yeah. So now so, we do. So now you're three. What's the next night? Thursday nights, and then that, we added Thursday nights. When did yeah. that get added? We were probably a year into it down there, At the and people were begging us to like, you need another day, you need another day. They're still adding. They still want us to add more days now, but yeah. but uh, we would just hold because we just didn't. Uh, do have the energy to do another day? Because so. there's a lot that goes involved before anybody shows up there's a lot to go involved and during it you know what i'm saying i i hate telling people like oh you know doing running the circuit and stuff because it is exhausting and you know people like you know there's with my intellect like i said i should be digging the ditch which would be really exhausting but you know part of running group training and things like that is you have to transfer your energy to other people you're an energy maker yeah i mean yeah. They, they come in they don't want to work out they're down they've had a rough day their kids suck their husband sucks worse they're <laughs> you know what i'm saying and and they come in and i have to pick them up you know what i'm saying i have to make them want to work out to push themselves and it's you know it's meant you know it's mentally exhausting you know i have class group classes at 6 a.m and i have to be up it you know when they come in at 6 a.m i got to get them fired up and ready to go and then you know throughout the Throughout the day, I have you know other group sessions. I train high school athletes from all over the place, from Highland to Eversville, Alton, Wood River, Granite City, Bethalto. You know, and I have them throughout the day, and then you know I'll have circuit at night. I I can't just ha- I don't have a desk job where you can come in and just like you know what I'm not doing crap today. We've all had that <laughs> desk job where you just shuffle around some papers, you pick up the phone, act like you know I have to be up and you know so it, it can be. 
And now you talk? also you have you have Haley Eubanks who works yes, down there with yes. you now. Haley, what, Haley Frankie. Oh, somebody married her. Don Frankie. Yeah. My apologies. Yeah. Somebody married Haley. It's crazy. <laughs> my man. Yeah. Um, so what does she do? She same thing. She has her own, you know, she has her own group sessions. You know, she helps me with the circuit and, you know, she has, she runs kid classes and, you know, one thing we want to do, we, we start out with classes for seven to not, it's seven years old. We do like a little circuit training for them. That's They're awesome. flipping small tires. They got little battling because what we want to do is kind of be a feeder. So we want to start out kids at seven years old with healthy habits, learning how to work hard, learning how to push themselves, learning to get off the iPads. Good and form. Early. Good form. Yeah. I, I mean, yes. And, you know, teach them through, you know, we have a seven to nine year old class and then they go, can go to our middle school class and then go to our high school athlete sessions and then to our, you know, our, our groups. We want to just be someone's, someone's, you know, fitness journey throughout their entire life. That's awesome. You know, I, that sounds so cheesy and yeah, I sound like I just still, did an advertisement, but man, it gets me fired the, up. The truth, yeah. It gets me, I, and we've had kids at this point who have started like, cause we've been around so long, who've started like in our little kids session that are now moved up into the adult session. You know, it's awesome. Yeah. It's awesome. Plans moving forward. You got, you got anything? Uh, you know, people are like, what's your five year plan? My real five year plan is I just want to be happy and having fun. Yeah. That's what I'm doing right now. Yeah. You know, how, what, what are we going to do with pride? I'm not sure. I have some things. This this whole Rona thing has made me, you know, kind of stop, reorganize, and, you know, think about some things. You know, we, we don't have any boxing classes. We're thinking about we're going to get a boxing class started. I've been working. My little pet project for the last couple of years is my, my outdoor workout area it looks like a prison yard i'm going back to making equipment again you know what I'm, saying? I'm using cinder blocks i'm i'm taking it back old school like we were in the yard and man it's i love it it's 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 such a passion project of mine and i haven't really opened it up to other people yeah but after this whole thing went down i think that's going to be one thing that i really move forward with i like that now i'm not gonna let you get out of here because this is one of my favorite posts of yours all time mm -hmm. um I want you to drop some of your quotes. You, get, you got to. <laughs> drop some of my quotes, huh? Yep. You got to give us some. They they, <laughs> they crack me up. Okay, but, well, you know, because you're not yelling them at me because I don't really have the chance right. to go down there, but you yelling at other people, it cracks me up. Well, first of yes. all, you better turn your headphone, you better turn your earphones down. The people <laughs> listening on their car stereos might want to turn them down if you don't want to blow. Um, I don't know. When, when, I, when I, I use on everybody, I'm like, pretend like you're athletic. <laughs> or you know the, the the one i touched on earlier wipe that face off your smile and i always i love to uh i love to refer to grandma you look like when someone's pushing a sled or something like okay. you look like my grandma pushing a shopping cart <laughs> or when someone doesn't squat squat properly like you look like my grandma picking up her purse you know, just, just things like that. You know, it, it, um, I've seen better pipes under a sink. I've seen better legs under a table. <laughs> I don't have, I don't have the list in front of me, but oh, it, if, if anybody doesn't follow Todd on, on Facebook or social media, it's a mistake, but go check it out. I don't know. You did that 
a week ago. I'm just guessing. Yeah, yeah. You know, someone so. sent it. Someone sent me like they had ba- the whole family because they have kids that come. The wife comes. The, the husband comes. And so they have been compiling this for a while. And they they sent. <laughs> I I watched this. You know, they, they sent the list, and then was it a list? And then you made a video or something. Yeah, yeah, it was a I'm list. I'm watching and then this I... <laughs> video of you going off on these, and it's just boom, boom, boom. Uh, I'm just I was dying. I was laughing out loud for yeah. real. But I am was... an idiot. I felt like an even more of an idiot just looking at the camera like yelling those things <laughs> <laughs> oh man well bud that's a <laughs> i think that's a wrap we got a little long today but that's what man. she said oh hey you got anything to add mm, i don't i don't I, want i don't want you to say oh calling me up a couple, i should have said this well you know i'm gonna i should <laughs> no it's gonna be more like i shouldn't have said that oh. is probably what i'm gonna call you about no it's like you know what i love what i do you know, they say, hey, you know, you find, you go to a job where you love what you do. You never work a day in your whole life. I, I, I don't, I think it's the exact opposite. I think when you have a job you love, you work harder than you ever would. Oh, uh, okay. You I know like what I'm saying? Yeah, like, I like But that. you enjoy doing it. Yeah. But you, when you have something that you love doing, you'll even work, work hard. You know, I, you know, I'm considered a business owner, but I myself don't consider myself a business owner. Makes sense. I consider myself a trainer, and I just happen to own a business. Yeah. I, I really do. You know, I these these uh, these kids come in from this Riverbend CEO program that want to be future entrepreneurs, and I, you know, I tell them that same thing. And I, and my first thing I always say to them, I said, "I'm a moron. If I can own a business, you can own a business." <laughs> and you know, that's kind of going with. I'm a trainer, not really a business owner. Yeah. But I just happen to, you know turned what I love, that passion into uh, a business. Um, you know, before we go, one thing I would be amiss uh, not bringing up is, is my other trainer down at the, uh, down at the uh, Thunderdome. You know who I'm talking about. Haley Frankie we touched on her a little bit earlier, but you, she, she's the real star of the show I, down there. Yeah. And I, you, I corrected myself. Haley Frankie. Right. I got Haley you. Banks, yes. <laughs> Haley freaking Frankie is what we refer to. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you know, she came on with me when uh, I was in the, we're still at the garage and in my yard. She was with you then? Yeah, she started in there. Yeah, I didn't know that. a few clients in there. She was working at another gym as a personal trainer. And I, you know, I kept slowly building her clientele up at my place and, and her work speaks for itself. So she, Absolutely. Her, her clientele just, just totally grew. And, you know, she was a national champion softball player in college and we're kind of a yin and yang matchup down there, you know? And <laughs> yes, so know. It's, with, without her, I, I don't know where freaking pride fitness would be. I was just telling a story some, not too long ago. There was a, there's a girl who comes down to pride who uh, plays basketball and it uh, blew out her knee and it's kind of an inspiration as motivation. I was telling them the story about Haley. Haley blew out her knee in eighth grade and then Haley did again in her in high school, you know, and I was telling this, this young eighth grade day, mm-hmm, I was telling this, uh, young basketball player who recently blew out their knee. I was like telling them a story about Haley, how she, cause this girl right now thinks her life is over, yeah. you know, cause basketball is life. And, you know, Haley did that eighth grade. And then again in high school, but she worked so hard that she went on to college to play softball and became a national champion. And, and correct me if I'm wrong, is she in the SIUE's Hall of Fame as well? She is in the Hall yeah, of Fame. Yeah, so it's not only is she a national yes. champion, like she was on good teams. Yes. She it, was yes. the reason so they were a good team. I tried I mean, to use that as it. help to inspire that young athlete who just 
you know, thought their life was over. And, you know, and that's, that's another testament to what Haley brings to the table at Pride Fitness is just that work ethic, that discipline, that perseverance to those things to happen to her, but still continue to work hard and, you know, achieve her dream. Yeah. You know, I can't, I, I can't tell you what a big, uh, big factor she has been in this, you know, she's your work wife (laughs) (laughs) or I'm her work wife. I don't know which, (laughs) you know, down there, she's kind of like, you know, she's the, the the guys are scared of her and the, and the, and the women want to be her is is how I kind of describe it. Awesome. So it's, um, I mean, I touched on a little bit on mine too. I mean, it's the, um, it's the people behind the scenes that people don't really see as much as the guy who owns the business. It really but is. But I mean, they it they is. are the reason that we're able to succeed. She, she likes to state she doesn't like to make the videos. And you, you know how I am oh, on yeah. our Facebook pages. I'm <laughs> always, you know, making videos and there's my big fat ugly face in front of it, you know. And, and But her, she never likes to be, you know, sort of that person out there in front, you know, like, like I am or do or like to be. All right. So is there anything else you want to get on? Story's been good. Is there anything else that you want to get out there before we end this? If sucking at podcasting was an Olympic sport, you'd be a gold medalist. (laughs) That's a wrap. Slay on, brother. Slay on, brother.